And welcome to this week's episode of War Penguin Radio, where we discuss warfare. I'm your host, Nick Feller. I hope you're all enjoying your quarantine that, during this pandemic. And uh, speaking of a pandemic, in 1918, there was the influenza pandemic. And around that time, they were still in a war, also known as World War One or the Great War. And uh, some sometimes people always say, why, why was it such a great war? What was so great about it? So in this episode, we will be going through the new technology of technologies of World War One that made this war such a a great war, and technologies like uh, naval vessels, artillery, gases, and planes, and most of these inventions were not introduced until this war. So to start off, most obvious would be planes because. They're pretty new at the time, and planes were a huge groundbreaking invention that definitely changed how we fight today. And this was, I said, uh, this was the first time planes were used in war, so countries had to be competitive with each other about who had the fastest plane and who had the biggest plane. And when the war first began, aircraft played a small role in the war- in warfare, but by the end of the war, the air force had become an important branch of the armed forces. So when thinking about its effect in the in history of the war or its contributions, one of the first major contributions of airplanes in the war was at the Battle of was at the first Battle of Marne, where Allied Renaissance planes spotted a gap in the German lines. And the Allies attacked this gap and then were able to split the German armies and drive them back. So that was one of its uh, big usefulness in uh, war tactics. And what it could do... Um, so, the f- first planes, they were used for bombings. They could only carry small small bombs and were very vulnerable to attack from the ground, from artillery. But by the end of the war, faster and uh, longer-range bombers were built that could carry a much larger weight of bombs. And it wasn't until the 1930s, after World War One till bigger planes were built like the B-17, Flying Fortress, and the B-52. So with more planes taking over the skies during this time in the war, enemy pilots began to fight each other in the air with uh, different ways. First they started throwing grenades at each other or shooting each other with rifles and pistols. And as you can probably guess, this didn't work very well. So they started getting creative. They they mounted machine guns on top, uh, in front of the propeller, but there's a problem there because the propeller is in the way, gets in the way of the bullets. So they had to invent something called the interrupter, which was invented by the Germans that allowed the the machine gun to be shrinkenized with the propeller. Soon all fighter planes use this invention, and this whole section on planes, all this information is compiled from Ducksters.com. So the second reason that this war was such a great war, the war to end all wars, was chemical warfare. And this is from sciencehistoryinstitute.com. And from what you know about chemical warfare, you don't want to mess around with it. This was a huge invention that contributed to World War One, And there were a few main gases used that are very popular, that a lot of people know. Uh, the first one, chlorine gas. Uh, this one produces a greenish-yellow cloud. Uh, they say it smells of bleach. Um, if its effects uh, 
uh, immediately irritates the eyes, nose, lungs, and third of those exposed. And at high doses, it kills by basically suffocation. And this was famously used in April 22, 1915 by the German military. They launched their first scale use of chemical weapons in the war at Ypres, Belgium. And nearly 700, uh, 7, 170 metric tons of chlorine gas are buried along a four-mile stretch of the front. And more than 1,000 people are killed by the attack and 7,000 are injured. The next gas is phosgene. Um, they say it smells like moldy hay. Is also irritant, but six times more deadly than chlorine gas. And phosgene is also a much stealthier weapon because it's colorless. And soldiers did not know this at first when they had it. And that then after a few days, victims' lungs would fill up with fluid. Then they would slowly suffocate in an agonizing death. Although the Germans were the first to use phosgene on the battlefield, became the primary chemical weapon of the Allies. And just a quick fact, phosgene was responsible for 85% of chemical weapons, uh, chemical weapon fatalities during World War One. So that's pretty bad. Uh, and the third most famous well-known gas, mustard gas, uh, named the king of battle gases. And like phosgene, its effects are, are not immediate. It has a potent smell, some say reeks of garlic, gasoline, rubber, or even dead horses. And hours uh, after hours after exposure, victims' eyes, uh, they can become bloodshot. Uh, they begin to water and become really painful, with some victims suffering temporary blindness even. And even worse, their skin begins to blister, usually in moist areas like the armpits and the genitals. And as the blisters pop, they often become infected. And mustard mustard gas can also contaminate land where it had been deployed, too. And another fact from science history, mustard gas caused, caused the highest number of casualties from chemical weapons, upward of 120,000 by some estimates. But it caused few direct deaths because of the open air on of the battlefield kept concentrations below the th- lethal threshold. Uh, the third reason that this war was such a great war was its naval warfare, uh, especially using submarines. It's an incredibly stealthy way of attack. It's another game-changer like planes. The most dangerous ships during World War I, the, called Dreadnoughts, they were large metal-armored battleships. This is, again, from Duxter's. These ships uh, had powerful long-range guns, allowing them to attack other ships and land targets from long distance. World War I Ultra also introduced the submarines, as I said, as a naval weapon in warfare. And Germany used submarines to sneak up on ships and sink them with their torpedoes. And as a lot of people know, they sunk the Lusitania, the big uh, passenger ship. So, uh, and the last one, artillery. The last reason this war was such a different war at the time from all the other wars was its artillery. They weren't first introduced in World War I. Uh, large guns, I mean, yeah, that's what the, there were large guns. Uh, they were improved during World One, during World War I, including anti-aircraft guns to, you know, shoot, shoot down enemy planes. And the majority of the casualties in the war were caused by using artillery. 
Some uh, large artillery guns could even launch shells nearly 80 miles. And basically what their aim was just fire explosive filled projectiles that could just travel over large distances, could destroy enemy trenches, knock out artillery batter- batteries and communication lines. And they were also good for breaking up a soldier attack. And we got this from Duxers and DKFindOut.com. So, just a final overview. Uh, just all these new weapons, they were just a huge game changer for the war. And because of these new technologies, the war became incredibly surreal and unlike anything anyone had ever seen at the time. It's like if they introduced uh, new groundbreaking technology today, like teleportation. You could teleport bombs with the click of a button or... I don't know, you know, drones that uh, drop nuclear bombs just in a small, compact space. And at this time, people thought this was the war and all wars because all of this new stuff and just how worse and bad they saw it at the time. And sadly, it was not the war to end all wars because, you know, after you had World War II, some say even worse, they, they used these technologies, but... They advanced them even more. So it was just a real shock at the time. That's why this war was such a incredible time in history. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of War Penguin Radio. Again, I'm Nick Feller signing off. Keep waddling, my friends. <laughs>